Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. And You just heard that number that you can call in and be a part of the show. Let me give it to you again. It's 303-690-3000. That is the call-in number for you to be uh, a part of the program in that we will have a conversation as you ask your questions. Maybe you got a question about the Bible or Christian living or how do we respond as Christians to all the things that we see going on around us? And there's a lot of things that are taking place in culture that take place around us that can be confusing, or how do we respond to it? How do we witness to people in the world today? So give me a call. Let's have those discussions. Again, the call-in number is 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am with you on this Tuesday. And those of you who are listening uh, on Grace FM, two stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, 89.7 in Northern Colorado for the metro area, up into Southern Wyoming, welcome. You're listening live on this Tuesday, the first Tuesday of November. It is Election Day, so we want to remember to be praying and continue to pray for our nation. And uh, you're listening live, pray that you're having a good afternoon, that uh, you're doing well, uh, and uh, as maybe perhaps you're on your way home from work or picking up the kids from school, wherever you're at, give me a call if you have opportunity to 303-690-3000. And of course, just to remind you, there is another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request, and we are here to pray for you, and that's part of the show, to minister to you, to encourage you, to pray with you and for you, and that's a text line, and that is for texting only, 720-336-0897. And I always encourage you, make sure that you're safe when you're texting, not driving, uh, but you uh, are in a place where you're stationary, and you can give us a text. And as time permits, we will look at those text uh, questions and prayer requests during this hour. But I do also want to quickly remind you that that is a 24 24- seven prayer, um, you know, um, uh, requests um, that you can put in. The staff at Calvary Church in Aurora, um, the prayer team will be looking at those prayer requests and they will be praying for you. So I think that is really just a, a wonderful tool, a wonderful resource for you who need prayer, knowing that people will be praying for you 24-7. And so be sure to put those prayer requests in at that number at 720-336-0897. And that is the text line. Hey, we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000. want to welcome all those who are listening online as well. Maybe perhaps a mobile app or the Grace FM website you're listening live to. So whether it's evening time or uh, late afternoon, give me a call. Uh, and that num- those numbers work anywhere in the United States. And for those of you listening on another radio network, Freedom Radio Network, Hope FM, Truth FM, 
other radio stations perhaps that are picking up Calvary Live. You are a week delayed, but give me a call. We'll have a conversation. It will be live here on Grace FM and those listening online, but then you get to listen to it a week later. Just want to remind you of that. So a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Colin in Loveland. Colin? Yes, sir. You're on Calvary Live. Thank you for calling. All right. Thanks for having me. Um, I just had a question about animals, and uh, there may not be a clear answer to this, but uh, animals and if they go to heaven or not when they die, or, you know, do they even have a spirit? Uh, and, yeah, just what, what happens to animals? Do they, do they go to heaven when they die? Yeah, and that's a question and, and uh, that people have, because they're animals. They become part of our family, don't they? And um, yeah. they, they, they are very uh, special to us, but they leave us, it seems like, so quickly because they don't live longevity like we do, um, at least dogs and right. cats and, and most animals that we have. The Bible doesn't give any explicit teaching whether pets or animals have souls uh, or w- whether they'll be in heaven. Um, we can use some biblical principles, um, I think, to, to answer that question. Because the Bible states that both, um, you, know, uh, you know, man has, he, the, the Lord breathed life into uh, man. And um, the primary difference between human beings as animals is that humans are made in the image and likeness of God, while animals, animals are not. Uh, being made in the image and likeness of God means human beings are are capable of spirituality with mind, emotion, will. Um, you never see a dog out in the backyard making an altar worshiping, you know, a god or or desiring to worship God. So that's the difference. Um, you know, um, the difference possibly is that pets and animals uh, do not continue in existence after death. I believe there is a verse, in, and I'd have to look it up, that is in the book of Job that talks about that the animals just go to, to the earth. But there's nothing in Scripture that says that they go to heaven. Uh, they're part of God's creative process, um, and they're good for us. They're a blessing to us. But the Bible does not um, give us um, you know, any indication that they go to heaven. And I just got to kind of leave it at that. And I, I would agree with that. It's kind of where I've always landed. That's what I've always uh, believed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do have a friend yeah. that you said something. He's like, of course they do. What about that verse? Says, <laughs> uh, the lion and the lamb will get along together or something like that. Right. And I was like, well, you know, I, I could interpret that to be poetic language just to well, uh, communicate a point. Yeah, and the thing that to remember is when the Bible talks about in Isaiah that the the lamb and the lion will lay down, that Isaiah is talking about the millennium reign of Jesus Christ here on this earth. So in the millennium reign, there's going to be animals. Um, it talks about this, the kids playing with the serpent and not getting hurt, uh, the lamb, the lion. So that's the millennium reign. So we're not talking about heaven we're talking about when Christ comes back to the world and he rules and reign. But one of the things how I minister to others, because usually it's kids that ask me that question. Do, you know, my pet died, 
Are they in heaven? And I just tell them, listen, um, one of the things is to remember is that heaven is going to be so wonderful and so glorious. And I try to keep the focus on that. Um, And the Bible doesn't say, and I, I think that most people understand that, you know, we're made in the image of God. Uh, we're made to worship the Lord. The Lord redeemed mankind. He didn't redeem animals. He didn't redeem angels. And we just got to leave it at that. And, um, you know, and just put comfort in the hearts of particularly kids that heaven's going to be so wonderful, so glorious, um, that um, it, it's just, you know, going to be just a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. So that's where our focus needs to be. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I just want to I, say one last thing. I, yeah, I'm about to lose a family pet and maybe lose a family pet, but it got me thinking, well, will it go to heaven? And but then, it's, <laughs> yeah, it made me realize uh, we are created in the image of God. We are image bearers of God and yeah. he has redeemed us and we are eternal beings. And hallelujah. Just. Yeah. Maybe and, just, you know, uh, I believe pets are a gift from God. I really do. We had a Sheltie, Colin, um, that, you know, I raised four kids and she was 15 years old and, you know, she, she was a pup when the kids were young and grew up with the kids and that was so hard. And then, uh, um, had another pet, uh, you know, we had a cat for 18 years and they become part of the family and it's hard. And, you know, when, when we have to lay them down or when they end up dying, you know, we go through that grieving process, but we can't be thankful that, Lord, thank you, um, you know, that they're a blessing and they're a blessing to our family. So sorry for your loss, mm-hmm. Colin. So uh, thank you. And, uh, you bet. For absolutely. My question. You bet. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Hey, we got all open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720 0897. Love to hear from you. Give me a call. Those of you listening, uh, whether you're listening on another radio network or on uh, perhaps line that you're listening or maybe on Grace FM, we welcome you today. Again, my name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Back with you this week um, and so glad to be back. I was gone a couple of weeks, just got back from Peru as I was teaching at the Calvary Bible Institute there. Uh, and teaching those students. We went through the book of Isaiah in nine days, 66 chapters, also teaching church planning classes and uh, doing Sunday morning at Calvary Chapel Trujillo in Peru. And what a a blessing, what a privilege it was to be with them. But uh, it's a blessing to be home and to be back home here and be back on the air with you. So I'd love to hear from you. See how you're doing. Got any questions? Give me a call at 303 690-3000. 690-3000. The text line is 720-336-0897. And love to just talk to you about the things of the Lord and to pray with you because this is a, a ministry, that, that Calvary Live, is, is more than just answering questions. We do answer questions, and we're here to do that and take you to the Word of God, but also to just encourage you to pray with you, to um, give you some um, encouragement any way that we can, and we'd love to be able to do that. Got a text question while we're waiting for the phone lines to ring, um, and uh, all open lines, 303-690-3000. And uh, I, I really caught my attention. It came in at, as we started the show just a few minutes ago. 
but uh, the person texts, I feel spiritually dull. How can I get joy back as we head towards the holidays? And we are heading towards the holiday. Um, it's going to be Thanksgiving in a few weeks, and then Christmas. Uh, the year goes by so fast. And then coming back after being gone for a couple of weeks, it seemed like when I left, it was summertime. But now, all of a sudden, it's cold. It was snowing earlier. Uh, we were headed towards uh, Thanksgiving, starting to talk about that, our plans, talking with the staff today about the holidays, what we're going to do for Thanksgiving Eve service, for Christmas Eve services, uh, the New Year's Eve prophecy update. we got to plan for those things because it comes on us very quickly. But it also can be a very difficult time of the year for people because— um, it can be hard because they feel isolated or lonely. And I think especially over the last 18 months as we've been uh, maneuvering through this pandemic, um, people are feeling a little bit dull. They're feeling a little bit isolated. And so uh, the the question is, how can I have my joy? Because the time of the holiday, we speak a lot about you know being joyful and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And you may be thinking, I don't feel very joyful. I don't. I don't feel like, um, you know, goodwill and all of these things that we talk about Thanksgiving. But I, the real key is this, and we can talk more about it as the show progress and um, as we uh, get in between callers. But one of the things that you can do is that stay close to the Lord. David wrote something very important three thousand years ago. In Psalm 16, he said, in your presence is fullness of joy. And then also Jesus said in John chapter 15, that as we abide in him personally, and as we abide in his love, then your joy is going to be full and your joy is going to remain. So the first key is, is that we are to be ones that are just um, staying close to the Lord, having our devotions towards the Lord, and that helps us from being dull, from being spiritually lethargic or, um, you know, just uh, those things that we can feel. Um, and the joy begins to come back in as we just spend time with the Lord. And then I want to pass on some other things to you uh, as we um, think about this thing, because I think there's some other practical things that we can do that Paul talks about in the book of Philippians, because that book the whole theme is joy, and I'll pass those things on as we go through the, the program. But we got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Hey, ask your question. You know, you need prayer. Um, uh, if you are wondering about certain things, um, please give me a call, and let's talk about the things of the Lord, and I'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime, let's go to Jason in Loveland. Hi, Jason. Hi, Pastor. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank um, you for calling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a question about the end of Revelation, and um, basically after the, uh, you know, after everything is complete in, in God's plan and how it says that New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, and um, you know, basically, God is with with us here on earth and, and ruling, you know, in, in his in his kingdom, um, you know. And it says that basically, there's a new heaven and a new earth, and uh, you know, there's no there's not going to be a need for a sun, and 
um, it's basically describing the way things will be. But um, I noticed that it says that God will be with us. Basically, we're going to be in God's presence. You know, those of us that are that are saved. But it also says that God is going to be uh, the people that are in the lake of fire are also going to be in God's presence. You know, being tormented day and night. And I was just wondering, since everything is going to be basically out in the open, you know, it says that that um, people will look upon them and, and, and see their, you know, the smoke of their torment. And um, and I was just wondering, does that mean that we're going to, everything is going to be visible to us? Are we going to be able to see even those that are um, that are in the lake of fire uh, from our from our viewpoint? Well, you know, studying the Book of Revelation, there's no indication that I can remember that that we're going to see the lake of fire. Um, the whole thing about um, when I read about how Jesus, he talks about everlasting punishment. And first of all, we do know that it's going to be everlasting. One of the popular things in the church and progressive church and other things is there is no hell or that hell isn't eternal or, you know, some believe in the doctrine of annihilation. But Jason, you've already pointed out scripture that talks about the lake of fire um, and at the end of the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, there's going to be the great white throne judgment. And and at the late uh, great white throne judgment, we as believers won't stand at that judgment seat. We stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. And as um, they are pronounced guilty because they did not you know, come to faith in Jesus Christ, they will be cast into the lake of fire. Um, and anyone not written in the book of life cast into the lake of fire. What I understand from the scripture is that is eternal separation from God and that we will not, you know, be able to, we're not going to be looking upon them. Um, You mentioned about the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. So people say, well, will we remember our loved ones that are in the lake of fire eternally lost? Will we be grieving over that? Well, um, you know, in heaven, I just got to go with what the Word of God says, that there's going to be no more sorrow or crying or pain. The former things have passed away. So will we remember them anymore? I I don't know. Um, But I do know this, that uh, we will be in complete joy in the complete presence of the Lord, it's going to be so glorious and so wonderful. I don't think that we're going to be looking down upon those in the lake of fire. I don't think the the Scripture gives that indication of that whatsoever. They will be separated. And, you know, that's a very sobering thought when we think about it, because eternity is real, and um, there is the eternal separation. Again, people uh, will come along and they will say, no, it's not eternal, or they'll believe in, um, you know, um, uh, that there's a purgatory or whatever, all kinds of false doctrine that goes out there. But in the judgment of the nations, Jesus, this is from the words of Jesus, that those who were um, separated, the goats, that these will go into everlasting punishment and I believe the words of Jesus that it is everlasting, but there's no indication that we're going to be looking down on them or be able to see them or witness them. Um, we're going to be 
in the presence of the Lord, new heaven and new earth, where no more sin is tainted, no more darkness, sorrow, pain, any of those things. Does that help you out? Yeah, it does. It does, Pastor. Um, I just uh, one more thing I wanted to ask. Well, if you could clarify, um, it it does say so, somewhere in the Bible, though, and I don't remember where, but it does say somewhere that that the people that are in the lake of fire that are being tormented, that they're in, they're being tormented in the presence of the Lamb and and His holy angels. Is that is that right? Because I can't find it now. Well, I'd have to look at it, and I think when you do find it, and you know, I'll on the top of my head right now. I I I, I kind of you know those verses sound familiar, but the important thing is to read it in context. The important thing is you know it isn't like the holy angels are going to be tormenting them. Hell was uh, for Satan and his demons, and so we know that the first one in the lake of fire is going to be um, the antichrist, the false prophet. Then Satan is going to be cast into the lake of fire, and then the great white throne judgment. Um, so what I see, and particularly as you read Revelations chapter 21, 22, is we're going to be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity. Um, so we're, we're not going to, you know, see the smoke of the torment. We're not going to see, you know, loved ones that are there in the lake of fire. It's going to be complete peace, complete light, um, complete, you know, glory, all those things that are mentioned. So, I think maybe perhaps, too, that you might be, if you're thinking of the rich man and Lazarus, Luke chapter 16, that Jesus tells that story, and you might go over it and take a look at it, where the uh, you have the, the rich man that's on one side, and he's um, calling over to Abraham and to Lazarus, saying, hey, can you dip your finger and touch my tongue? And... Abraham says, no, we can't cross over. There was, you know, that communication there, but it's a long study um, that you might look at that, look at the notes of that chapter, but that compartment called paradise, because in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the cross. When somebody died, they would go to paradise. Now, uh, when Jesus died for our sins, and um, that we have complete forgiveness of sin, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So a Christian immediately goes to heaven. But that compartment there of Hades, the uh, the place of the unrighteous dead, is still there, and they will be resurrected and stand before the great white throne judgment. So you might be thinking of, of Luke chapter 16, which is an entirely different study in itself there. So to kind of look at that. But um, they were able to communicate in, uh, back and forth, and Abraham said, no, we can't cross over. And we can't send Lazarus back to warn your brothers. They have the scripture. So um, that's something. And, um, uh, you know, uh, as in Luke chapter 16, verse 23, and being in torments in Hades, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So maybe perhaps you might want to look at that. That's the reference that you're looking to. Yeah, um, well, I've been I've been following a study by Chuck Misler. I don't know if you you know who that is, but uh, it's a, yeah. the study of the Re- Book of Revelation, and it's like uh, every chapter is a is an hour long study. So I, I can't remember where I <laughs> heard that scripture. Yeah. I just I just know it's in Revelation. But um, yeah. everything that she said is very helpful. Though I, I appreciate it. Good, good, good. Yeah, you know, good questions, and um, you know, keep studying. Chuck Misler was, you know, the late Chuck Misler. I remember. 
when I was a young Christian, I used to listen to him. And, uh, you know, he's a wonderful Bible teacher. And, uh, he, you know, he he was he's a brilliant man, isn't he? And yeah. uh, he, he brings out a lot of things and, um, you know, always missed his his, you know, his teachings. He used to teach every week at Costa Mesa when Pastor Chuck was there and a very popular Bible study. And and uh, and, you know, I'm sure his studies are still very popular today. So keep learning, keep growing. You're asking the right questions. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Pastor. You have a Thank great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, I believe we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000. Maybe you got a question. Maybe you've been listening to a Bible study and, and um, the, you know, a question came up, or maybe perhaps uh, that you, um, you know, had a discussion with some friends and you're talking about certain topics. Uh, you'd like some insight or some clarity. Give me a call. Got all open lines, and we're headed to... Uh, the halfway point, but got plenty of time in the show. This is really your show where you get to call in and you get to uh, have uh, the opportunity to ask your questions and um, love to be able to do that and uh, be able to help you in that way. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 0897. And as I said, we're going to be heading towards the break here and, um, and we'll pick up the phone lines in just a minute. The second thing that um, I want to say is that question that came in that I think is very important is because I've heard people uh, say I've lost my joy or just feel dull spiritually or discouraged spiritually. And uh, how do I get it back? So we talked about being in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy, David wrote in Psalm 16. Also, as uh, he, Jesus himself, would say, that as you abide in me, abide in my word, abide in my love, you'll have a, a joy that will remain and will be full. But also, I want to encourage you, if you're feeling that, because we are headed to that season where, you know, it can be a real struggle, and it can be difficult for people. But to read the book of Philippians, and the book of Philippians um, talks about how it is that we can be joyous. And Paul's writing at a time that is uncertain. It's hard. He's in prison. He's chained to a Roman guard. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So there is a um, way to um, rejoice in the Lord. We always have a reason to rejoice. We always have a reason to be thankful to the Lord. And so... Uh, number one, as I read chapter four, is you rejoice in the Lord. And to do that uh, daily, to do that as we spend time with the Lord, David, he knew about that. He knew how to rejoice in the Lord, uh, even in the difficulties. Um, and he it was one uh, that would draw close to the Lord as he did that. And um, And then second of all, he said that you be one, to know that the Lord is at hand, to be looking for the Lord, as he says in the next verse there in verse number five. So be rejoicing in the Lord and be looking for the Lord, and that's going to help you get your joy back. And then we'll talk about some other things. But we're going to be headed to break. We're going, Dave, uh, we'll ask Dave to hang on from Philadelphia. He wants some prayer. And if we can have him to hang on, 
We'll go to break, but we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. So give me a call, and uh, we'll get to your to your call as soon as the break is over. It's the only break of the show. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. And let's continue to talk about the things of the Lord. And let's continue to encourage one another in the Lord. And uh, And for you who perhaps you're feeling maybe just a a little bit um, down or discouraged. We'll continue to have that discussion as well because I think it's an important topic as we are headed towards the holiday season here and uh, it's starting to be winter and it's gray and all that stuff, but the Lord desires for us to have that joy underneath it all. So we're going to be right back. We'll get to Dave uh, on the phone lines and you give me a call at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm with you this afternoon. So we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines. As you just heard the numbers Uh, that you can be a part of the program. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. Got plenty of time for you to call, ask a question, or give a prayer request. And then also the text line is 720-336-0897. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to respond to you and answer your question or to pray with you, encourage you any way that I can. So got plenty of time. So grab that that open line and this is again calvary live where this is your show and you get to be a part of the program and i think it's wonderful that we connect together all over the country whether you're listening live on grace fm uh and you're listening online people from all over the country are listening online or whether you are on another radio network uh give a call and we will talk live and then if you're listening on freedom radio network or hope fm or truth fm on the east coast or any other radio station that has picked up calvary live then you get to listen to it next week because it is a week delayed but i do want to go to dave in philadelphia who's been waiting dave hey how you doing good you're on calvary live okay um uh, a little background i guess i'm calling for prayer um it just seems like I'm being, uh, I have an onslaught on all sides of, of just uh, disagreeable things going on in my life. Uh, um, number one, you know, I, I had have some physical ailments due to a, an automobile accident a couple years back. Served plenty of surgeries, and, and a lot of them didn't work out. A lot of pain. Um, but I can I can kind of deal with that. That's not so much. But when I... Uh, son and I aren't, aren't speaking. He's, a, he's a, an adult now. Um, and and I, I kind of initiated us not speaking for a while because I didn't want to say something that would be hurtful or, or, or have it come out of a bad place in me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. he, he was just married. He was married because of COVID. His wedding was put off. But he was legally married before then because of the the COVID putting services off, they did it first privately, 
and they were legally married and had my first grandchild. And uh, that's great. Uh, but um, when the wedding came, I had COVID the, uh, up until like the week before the wedding. And uh, I was told not to come. And even though they said I, even I wouldn't get a, po- a I would get a positive test result, I still wasn't contagious because up to three months after you have it, you can't mm-hmm. transmit it um, as long as you go by the guidelines, which I had. Uh, they still decided not to let me attend, and that really hurt. Um, he and my and his mother, rather his mother and I, were divorced when he was just in his adolescence, and uh, there was a lot of stuff that went on with that. That he is feelings, whether they're real or not, they're a reality to him. There were a lot of um, misinformation was given to him. Things that happened with me were bad enough let alone things piled on top of it. And, right. and I've always been trying to make up for that. And I thought once we got our relationship back that we had gotten past it, but every time we argue, it would be, that would be brought up. And, and I understand. Yeah. And, I don't, and, and, you know, I love them yeah, there's, more there's than a I lot of Yeah, there's a lot that's there that you're telling me. And, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, when relationships, particularly with your son and – when there's strain and when there's severed and things that have come up from the past and, and a lot that seems to be there. And we're going to pray for that relationship to be healed. And, you know, God does want to restore. I just want to encourage you, Dave, because he wants to restore those relationships and he desires for that relationship between a father and son um, to be um, strong and a blessing to where you can continue to minister to him and to be open, and I think that's what I'm hearing from your heart, is that to be open to communicate, and the, yeah, there's some hurts, but that there be forgiveness, and there be, um, you know, a desire to move forward. There be clarity, some understanding, um, in in certain areas that perhaps that have caused to be strained, and patience, and uh, but there's always a desire for God to restore and bring that forgiveness and healing in that relationship. And Dave, I I, I pray and I think that um, I can say that that's your desire because I don't think you'd be calling and asking for prayer for your relationship with your son that can be painful and, and it is hard. And when those relationships and COVID did a lot to just, you know, um, you know, put a strain on relationships that were already strained. Uh, of course, when there's divorce in a family, all those things. But I believe that God's going to give you wisdom to speak into his life, to reaffirm your love for him, and to reaffirm your your desire for there to be a relationship, especially when you got grandchildren now that are in the picture. You want to be a blessing to your grandchild. You want to be a part of their life, and they need grandparents when they have opportunity to have a relationship with grandparents. They can be such a tremendous blessing. So, Father, I do pray for for Dave. I just pray that, Lord, as it kind of all hits at once, uh, the surgery that he's had, the the physical, um, you know, uh, health problems because of an accident, uh, Lord, I pray that you would help him uh, to heal. And Lord, you touch his body and make him strong. And uh, and Lord, I also pray 
for that relationship with his son, that it would be restored. And Lord, that you bring healing, that you bring forgiveness. Uh, everything, you know, everything that they have dealt with, all the things that um, have happened with um, just the wedding, with COVID, with um, going through a divorce when he, uh, his son was younger, um, the, all those things, Lord, that you would just help Dave give him wisdom to to focus on restoring and to love his son and to give that um, desire to him, express it, to have a relationship with his grandchild. And Lord, that you would just bring it about. Give the wisdom that Dave needs. Give him, Lord, um, just the words to say. And Lord, any unforgiveness that is there on either part, that 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 forgiveness would come because we know the imperative is there to forgive and to move forward in a way that is healthy and that they see you working and Lord, that you would bring healing and joy back into the relationship once again. And we just ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Can I ask one more thing? Um, sure. I have a sister whose health is, is very frail from a transplant and she kind of contracted COVID. Um, and for all, uh, for all uh, that I can see, she's still not safe, and uh, that's the most important thing. But her health is really, if she get, even gets a cold now, she's not going to, they sent her home with oxygen. She's really in bad shape. Um, and my 81-year-old mother is the only one allowed to take care of her whose health isn't real great. Um, so I would just ask that, that they would, the Lord would tug on their hearts and draw them a little closer to him and so they could be saved and that their health would be regained um, to an extent where they can just function normally. Um, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I I just ask for prayer for that. Um, Let's let's do that right now. Yeah, Father, we do pray for Dave's for his sister that's had, you know, transplant and physical, um, you know, and um, health um, uh, that um, is very fragile right now. I pray for complete healing. I pray for his mom, who's 81, taking care of her. And Lord, I just pray that you restore her body and help her and be with her. Um, so Lord, I just pray that for Dave, I thank you for calling. He loves his family. There are challenges that are there. And Lord, um, I just pray that um, you would show yourself strong on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, Dave, we're going to be praying for you. Keep in touch with us and and um, just praying that your family sees the Lord working in a, in a wonderful, incredible way. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. Got two open lines. Let's go to Judah in Brighton. Hi, Judah. Hi, it sounds like uh, right now we're on a, a good prayer kick, and I'm loving it. And I've got I've got another one for you, Pastor. Good. Absolutely, yeah. Um, one of the men in my uh, small group, they just reached out, and um, one of their acquaintances, uh, lost their nephew this weekend um, trick-or-treating. They were hit by a car while they were trick-or-treating. 
and I was hoping that you'd pray with me yeah. just for uh, just for God to, to touch their hearts and just be near to them yeah. in, in a time where they're definitely like uh, um, the, the young man was 14 and uh, I just I, I was hoping you'd pray with me pastor Absolutely. And I think there was something in the news about a teenager that was killed trick-or-treating, stepped out in the street, was hit by a car. And um, and we do want to pray for the family. We want to pray for, you know, his friends that were with him, you know, all those that are involved in very traumatic, very difficult loss. And Father, we do pray, you know, in a tragedy like this that that happened in a moment, in, in, in a quick second, and just stepping out and and kids out having fun and and being with friends and 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 turns tragic like this i just pray for the family of the one who was killed i just pray that um you bring comfort that you would uh lord uh, just intervene somehow sending christians into their lives you know who they are and during their time of grief and sorrow that you would uphold them, Lord, and that you would work in their lives. I also want to pray for the kids that were with them um, that, you know, that saw this and how tragic and and um, the hurt and pain that they're going through and, and the trauma that they're feeling, that they would, uh, Lord, just receive good help from Christians and to be available and, Lord, that you would work with them and their families as they're trying to make sense out of this. And, and Lord, that we would just uh, be there to, to, to be of comfort in any way that we can as Christians. Lord, I just want to pray for the one who was driving the car. And, um, and Lord, um, so many involved, and that is, I'm sure, just, um, just uh, what they're going through and feeling. Um, and Lord, we just pray for all who are involved. It's a sad, sad, sad situation. A whole community, I think, is is grieving as we hear about it. And Lord, we just pray that you would work um, beneath all the scene, that you would be thrust to the forefront of this situation. And Lord, that um, there would be a turning to you and in every way, Lord, I thank you for Judah who called and asked for this prayer and for um, one of their uh, members of their group that had acquaintance that they know and care for. And we just, as right now, listeners, particularly here in Colorado and in the metro area, we just lift up this family to you that lost uh, a young teenager, a son, and um, friends who lost somebody. We just pray for your comfort and working in their lives. And we just lift up this whole situation to you for you to work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor, thank you so much for your time and you your betcha. prayer. And, um, thank you for having the wisdom to pray as well for some people that I I did not even think about um, that mm. have been affected. So thank you. Yeah, you uh, absolutely, Judah. And thank you for calling for the prayer requests. And as a community, we need to pray for those who, you know, as we hear these things, that to remember it affects a lot of people and and um, to keep praying for this family that have gone through this loss. So I appreciate 
uh, calling in and taking the time to to ask for that request. So we'll continue to pray, Judah. Thank you. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. So hard, so hard um, when we hear about tragedies like these things. And and we need to pray. We need to have compassion as Christians. Um, people are hurting. People are going through loss. And especially when you hear of a situation like this, um, to really lift the family up and everyone involved um, when something like that happens. Got a couple open lines, so give me a call or give me a text. And I got plenty of time in the show. Let's go to Bridget in Maryland. Bridget? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Thank you for calling. Thank you for, for having me. Um, so do I just repeat my question? <laughs> you can repeat it because you talked okay. to the one on the phone, but I, I want to hear it from you and we can have our, our conversation. Okay. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. So my first question, I have two questions, and then I do have a prayer request. Um, my first question is, um, throughout the Bible, when Jesus is healing and reaching people, sometimes he tells them to go out and share, and then other times he tells them to keep it to themselves. And I'm just wondering why um, why sometimes he tells them to share and what, sometimes he tells them to keep it to themselves. Most of the yeah, time they don't, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, you know, I don't think I would have either, you know. Right. Um, but when Jesus was up in the Galilee region, first of all, remember that there was great multitudes, and the gospel writers use that word great multitudes. Um, there were tens of thousands of people. And when he would do a healing, um, I think that Jesus was trying to prevent, perhaps at times, a circus type mentality. Um, and they would go out and they would, you know, say, hey, you know, here's, you know, this healing that took place when he healed blind men, when he healed uh, others, um, that uh, it was, you know, um, he would say, hey, uh, don't don't go and, and um, say anything, uh, don't tell anyone, and they would go and they would tell people. But I think mostly perhaps he was trying to keep from a circus mentality from happening because remember— that the gospel writers tell us that after defeating of the 5,000, of course, that was a miracle that 5,000 were a part of, and um, it would go throughout the land uh, that Jesus fed us with a few loaves and a few fish. And after defeating of the 5,000, they were ready to crown him as Messiah. Um, They were going to, I believe John's gospel says, take him by force, but he dismissed the crowds because they were only coming to him for for physical, political reasons. Hey, see how he's feeding us. See how he's healing us. If we crown him as Messiah, we'll never go hungry again. We'll never you know, be sick again. He'll throw off the yoke of Rome. Now, there are times where he would say, as he healed, for example, in Luke's gospel, I believe, that he healed uh, those uh, lepers. He would say, go to the priests and and give your offering. And that's according to Leviticus. And I think that that was a sign to the priests that Messiah was on the scene. Because as you look at the ministry of Messiah in the book of Isaiah, he opens the eyes of the blind. He, he cleanses the lepers. You know, all those works that he was doing. In the Old Testament, it's interesting, there's no record of anyone going to the priests 
to go through the, the ritual once they've been healed of leprosy. So you read about that in Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. The only record of anyone being healed of leprosy that I can remember is, of course, Moses' sister who was struck with leprosy, and then she was healed. Um, but then Naaman, the Syrian general, and he was a Gentile. He comes in, he dips in the Jordan River seven times, as Elijah said to, then he goes back home. But there's no record of any Jews being healed. So early in Jesus' ministry, the man with leprosy that's full of leprosy in um, Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel, Jesus touches him, he is immediately healed, and then he's told to go to the priests and present themselves to the priests. Um, then the ten lepers in Luke's gospel. And I think that it was a message. It was something to tell the priest that, listen, something's going on here. Uh, we haven't gone through this you know, cleansing ritual with anyone cleansed of leprosy that we can know of, and we got to brush up on Leviticus. So I think there's there's you know that part of it, and then the circus mentality that he was trying to keep from happening. But they would go out, and then the multitudes would show up, and they kept following Jesus. They they in John chapter six, after defeating the five thousand, Jesus said, "You're only coming to me because you're hungry again, and you need the bread of life, the bread that comes from heaven." And he said, you need to come and eat of me and drink of me. And, and they're going, this is hard saying. And at that point, they begin to walk away from him. And then he turns to the disciples, says, do you want to go also? And Peter said, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. So that's what I think kind of what was going on. Um, and I think that um, they were looking uh, at, you know, he was looking at trying to, I don't know, keep that circus mentality from happening. So... Um, that's but didn't he know the that I... they would that they would go out and share? Well, I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that he did. And um, but you know, and that's what happened. The multitudes came and and began to press in on him and and all that. So, so that's what I have for you for that one. Okay, still a little confusing. Um, and so the next one, which is in Luke um, chapter seven, um, verse twenty-eight, which is it's just kind of confusing. It's seems to contradict itself. Um, it says, I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John, yet even the most insignificant person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. Yeah. And so I'm confused by this because we are, well, we've all a... lived, right? Before we go to the kingdom, we've all lived. Yeah. Well, John was the greatest born among women up to that point. And I think if you would have asked who was born the greatest born among women, you know, up to that point, I would have said, well, Moses or David or Daniel, who saw these incredible visions, um, Moses, who parted the Red Sea, um, David, who killed giants, was the greatest king Israel ever had. But he didn't. He said John the Baptist. It is interesting that in the Gospels, it tells us that John didn't do any miracles. Um, I think there's an important lesson in that, but the ministry of John the Baptist was declared the Messiah, that, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he pointed to Jesus, he spoke of Jesus, he he would proclaim Jesus, and he said, John is the greatest born among women, 
even though he did no miracles. So kind of what I get from it is, and he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. Jesus, you know, the disciples are arguing who's the greatest in the kingdom. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Can we be number one and two? And he says, the one who's humble, the one who's the servant of all, the one who, you know, is proclaiming good news. Um, and I think that that the lesson that I take from it and the application I make for me is that we are great in the kingdom as we proclaim Jesus, as we point people to Jesus, as as we speak of Jesus, as we say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We think that the person who's the greatest is the one who's working miracles and mighty and all of this, but the one who humbly is pointing people to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that's what I take away from it um, as I look at that text, the application for me, and why John was the greatest, uh, because he proclaimed Jesus Christ, and he pointed to Jesus Christ, and he spoke of Jesus Christ. But those of us on earth, if we humble ourselves, he's saying that we will be greater than he. Yeah, and, you know, just as we have opportunity, because we have the full revelation now, you know, John at that time, he, he, you know, Jesus hadn't died for the sins of the world and rose from the grave. So not only do we get to tell people, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but that Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins, and he rose from the grave. And I think that that is important consideration as well, is that we get to give the full revelation of what Jesus did for us. Thank you. Sounds very helpful. appreciate that. Yeah. Anything else? Um, yeah, and I, guess I would like to um, pray for my children, um, which goes into, you know, bringing, bringing people to Christ and you know, as they were younger children, I, you know, thought that I was doing, but as they are older, um, in their 20s, um, they've fallen away, and um, in this world as it is just seems yeah. completely backwards. Um, anyways, it's just, it's, it's really hard. I feel like we're probably close to those end times. Um, I can't seem to get to them, and they just seem to be falling um yeah, it is hard, isn't it, Bridget? Because I got four kids I raised, and they're all in their 20s. And I'm thankful that they, you know, um, believe in the Lord and are following the Lord. But there's a lot of polls on our young people. They're facing things like we didn't face when we were, you know, in our 20s. And they're facing a lot of pressure. There's a lot of worldliness around them. And uh, one of the things that we're seeing is, that um, young people that were raised in the church are being pulled out into the world. And and it's sad to see because it is getting darker. It's getting more difficult for them. What culture is presenting to them is being acceptable and to be celebrated. And it's hard. It's difficult days, and we need to really pray for our young people. So, Father, I pray for uh, Bridget, for her children. Um, I just pray that you would draw them to you, there are so many poles uh, on our children. Um, deception. The enemy is working overtime. He's the master deceiver. And Lord, I just pray that the word of God that's been planted in their hearts would, Lord, be watered and, and somehow um, begin to to bloom and produce fruit and that you would draw them to you. Lord, um, 
there are a lot of prodigals that are out there. I know that there are those who are listening, and Lord, we we pray that they would come home. I pray for Bridget's children that they would come home to you, that you send Christians into their lives, that you would open up their eyes spiritually, uh, taking the blindness away, that you would just touch her hearts with the truth, and that, Lord, that you would do an incredible work in their lives and in their hearts. And for all those who are out there that have you know, teenagers, um, young adults that at one time were learning the Word of God that have walked um, away from the Lord and is in the world. We pray that they would come home because the invitation is always to come home and, Lord, to keep praying for them and do a work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. you. You bet, Bridget. God bless you. Keep praying, okay? Don't stop praying. I won't. Thank you, Okay. You bet. Hey, we're towards the end of the show. Sorry we didn't get to everybody, but we're going to be closing the show out. I think a lot of us, as we do close it out, that uh, you know our young people are being pulled out in the world more than ever. They're facing difficulties. They're facing challenges. They're being told to accept sin, sinful lifestyles, all those things. Um, and we need to pray. And the battle, you know, our, our weapons are not carnal, but our weapons are spiritual in prayer and giving God's truth and loving them and standing on God's righteousness. So I pray that we would remember that. Hey, thank you, everybody. That was a part of the show. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Calvary Live will be back at the same time tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.